go. We're on. We're 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 all good now, Dave. Stop swearing. Stop stop saying all the horrible things. We've got to be good now. Best behavior. Yeah, I have to be good anyway because I've technically got 17 minutes of work left and I've just opened a beer. So. Oh dear, we're <laughs> a late one for you today. <laughs> so you just, so you've Absolutely. just been off for some uh, you've you've just been off for some physio on a on a calf that was worryingly gonna gonna potentially put your your future weekend plans at jeopardy. So so what's been going on there? It was, yeah. So um, we went out for a 28-mile run the other week, didn't we? And it was right at the end of a quite a long week. Oh, thank you, Heather. Heather's just brought in lots of food for me. So <laughs> hello, hello, Heather. <laughs> it's done. Oh, hi, Dan. You're right. Hello. Yeah, we're all good. You can say hello to the listeners as well because you're on our intro. Oh, hello, yeah, so go, go go on then, Dave. That that run was good. It was a it was a really good night. But yeah, you, you were just saying you had a really hard week, didn't you? Yeah, I had quite a high mileage week because I've been building up to a couple of races recently. So we got, I guess, we got the Thames Path coming up, and also we we're going to run around the Isle of Wight. Mm. So that 28 mile run was towards the end of a pretty pretty heavy week, and just you know, legs felt really good going into it, and just literally as the furthest point away from my house suddenly got this pain in my calf and good ran the rest of it ran another 14 miles on it and then did another 16 on the sunday and it's just been a bit grumpy since so has uh last week hardly done anything and then sort of done a bit more yoga stretched it out and it seems to have settled down a bit but it's sort of like was a little bit anxious about what was going to happen there um but I'm glad it's all right so I went to see Tracy Dean today, who I know that people probably that listen to this know her. Okay. She used to she used to be at Gary Sadler Physio in Caution. Right. And she does a lot of massage, but she's now moved to Gatcombe House, which is kind of off, opposite Roco down Cotner Road. Okay. Yep. Another one. And I've been on and off going to her for a few years now, and you, she's made me swear twice, and today was one of them, and it <laughs> like. Real, I mean, like, I, I, I sort of am a little bit of a tiptoey runner anyway, and I'm really trying to kind of get that glute activation going and being a bit more flat-footed. Yeah. But clearly, what I've been doing is landing on the outside of my feet and then sort of rolling in and putting a lot of strain down the outside of my calves, which is why I got the pain. Okay. But you go to her, she makes you swear she she she's so good because it's it's a proper decent massage and you come away from it a little bit bruised but you'll be running like a gazelle the next day so i'll encourage <laughs> you to go and use tracy dean she's brilliant so, sounds good man sounds yeah. good I'm, I'm definitely going to take that recommendation on board for myself as well so yeah i mean i've got a number if you want it yeah yep definitely yeah. please do pass it over so I, yeah because obviously i'm i get niggles occasionally and uh, just want to sort them out but I, I i never end up doing that just kind of you know like, no. like you like you sometimes just push through and then you end up with a mahoosive issue yeah i think i don't know if you've ever gone to people like that but they always say to do it regularly and mm. a kind of take myself to the edge of being injured and then go and get a little bit fixed yeah i'm, yeah. I'm exactly the same yeah and, and you're right people always give the advice they say come regularly it's just going to keep your body well maintained like, i mean yeah. You would do it with a car, wouldn't you? We we all do it with cars. Uh, we do it with mechanical devices, and our bodies are really just the same. Maybe a little bit more complicated. Yeah, 
Yeah, and I, I, I've heard it from other people that do massage. You, know, you must come for a regular massage, especially if you're doing high mileage weeks, or if if you're new to it. You know, if you're doing couch to five k, and or if you're going doing ten k, or if you're doing the shorter stuff at higher higher speed, I'm, it must be good. There can't be anything. You can't get anything that's negative about going for a regular massage. I'm sure. No, for sure, definitely. It's just it's just that investment, isn't it? It's, I mean, it's like doing small routines at home to help strengthen, uh, you know, the bits of the bits of the muscles we don't we never use as runners. It's just yeah. it's taking that time, that investment, that little bit of extra money just to kind of keep yourself in good shape, and it's it's worthwhile. I think it's definitely worthwhile. Absolutely. I'll share share with you a bit of wisdom that she shared with me today, actually. Oh, but... go on. Looking forward to this. Okay, so she apparently the, the you know the ITB where. People always used to say, sort of, cross your legs over and stretch your ITB out. Yeah. You get the tibial bands. If you get kind of that overuse injury on the outside of your knees, they always used to say, stretch it and foam roll the outside of your legs. Okay. And apparently, they say not to do that at all anymore because you're never going to be able to stretch the ITB out because it's like fascia tissue. Okay. So what you're saying is that. All of the guidance nowadays, which may then change in the future, is that if you do get ITB pain, it's all about not not foam rolling the outsides, but strengthening your glutes around it, which has always been the advice. But they've shifted completely away from the foam, foam rolling and stretching to just like strengthening the glutes and massaging the glutes. Very interesting. OK, I thought it was quite interesting. Yeah. So it's good. It's good to walk away with those kinds of like pearls of wisdom, isn't it? <laughs> absolutely and it's, it, it raises a good point you know because because these you know these these routines or these methods uh get get kind of like deeply rooted within within everyone and you everyone passes on the same advice the same advice and it keeps going and then things change and you don't realize like all this i don't know i guess it's the same with like old wives tales um mm -hmm. it's uh you know these things get to get passed on but you don't actually know what the latest kind of research is or the latest thinking yeah. or ideas so that's good that's good advice yeah. i guess i like it an apple with a day keeps the doctor away doesn't it to <laughs> knowing in-depth things about nutrition and why apples are good <laughs> that's exactly right yeah <laughs> and why you should have four apples a day because i like yeah. apples and, uh yeah but uh, you, you mentioned earlier obviously we've got some uh, a big adventure coming up this weekend where we're gonna head across um with yourself and jason skiro to the isle of wight to go and run around it which would be good that would be fun yeah i've always wanted to do it haven't you i have in fact because I do so much running along South Sea Seafront, I, you know, it's one of those places that you just kind of like look to your left when you're heading, when you're heading west, and you can see the island. And I've just never gone there, uh, and yeah. thought about going, going around it. So I'm, I'm super excited about being on the other side of the water. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I, I had the opportunity to do it a couple of years, well, not a couple of years ago, maybe five, six, seven years ago, okay. uh, with a couple of friends that did it over a couple of days, but I wasn't yep. able do it but i'm you know doing it all in one is much more my bag isn't it yours absolutely definitely and i think yeah it's going to be tough because i think there's some pretty there's a couple of pretty big climbs on there but i think the rest of it's quite undulating maybe maybe a little bit lesser so than than the south downs way so i think we're our legs are probably quite used to it especially yours at the moment with um obviously yeah. you moving out of town and stuff and being closer to the south downs but it's going to be it's going to be a fantastic day i think i saw a little bit of rain scheduled for saturday but i'm hoping that shifts um either way i think yeah. you and i were both in agreement what we don't want is um intense heat and sunshine i think jason does though doesn't he because he's doing sparta so. he does well we can we can take a little lamp and connect it onto his neck or something and you can just you can just shine yeah. down like one of those sun bulbs on him or something 
but <laughs> but I, I quite like the idea of um of a fair bit of shade for the for the day maybe with a little bit of sunshine as well but no it's going to be fun i'm really looking forward to it it's a it's going to be a good adventure and obviously getting through that will uh you know install yeah. some confidence in you because you've got some uh, some yeah. big race plans coming up well i mm, yeah so there's the thames path hundreds and then after some lunchtime beers the other day i, I stupidly um sent a message to this chap called mark cockbane who does uh quite a lot of the sort of more ridiculously difficult ultras around out there and signed up to something called the coast to coast which takes okay. you from one of the country to the other and uh with minimal support so which i've always always wanted to do and it might be the last time they're doing it oh really but wow I, okay i've sort of i thought oh, bugger it <laughs> might as well give it a go and um Having had a beer, you know, I, I didn't really mind that much, you know, at the time. Whereas if I was, if I hadn't had a beer, I probably would have thought twice about actually signing up. But you know, bring Always it makes off. sense. Always makes sense yeah. off the drinks, Dave. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Everything, everything feels much easier, doesn't it? <laughs> so that, so that race, if I'm and correct me if I'm wrong, is 140 miles over some pretty serious terrain, and I think even. Because Mark Cockbane, obviously, he's known for doing his races, and I know you've you've done a, you've tried a couple of them before, like uh, the hill that you've done. But even he said on his website that this race is really insane. So it's yeah, I think I tough. Think it, yeah, it's it, it is a little bit insane, but I think on the grand scheme in the grand scheme of things, for Cockbane's levels of insane, it's, it's probably pretty mild. I mean, okay. there's Martin Bacon once did the Viking Way which is around 145 miles um, self-navigating. Okay. And he said that was, and you know, he's done some, a lot of like really, really long stuff and the, the guy's legend, but um, he, he said that was the hardest thing that he'd ever done. <laughs> okay. So really preparing myself to either mess it up or get to the end and be, and be in a sorry state. <laughs> Oh, for sure. Well, it's 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 exciting, you know, and it's like I, th I think what's quite nice as well coming to this time of the year now, where we're seeing some races happen. Um, obviously, big major marathons cancelled still, but we're starting to see some of these ultra runs, you know, looking promising, like they're going to go ahead. So, so I think it's great news and it's exciting. I, th I think you know, obviously yourself, you're training for those, and Jason, who's joining us on the Isle is training for the Spartathlon, which is now going ahead, which is great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, so it's couple of like the kind of more local marathons that are starting to happen as happen as well so i think up barnum they're doing the farnham pilgrim marathon okay at okay good the beginning of september uh, which which i've done a fair few times is really really good um and i've done that with pumpy joggers in the past so i'd recommend that and that's but i think they're doing it a little bit more low-key this time and doing the kind of staggered start thing which okay. i think is going to be a, a theme of things like coming up isn't it really like exactly uh, it's just going to be just yeah. going to be different yeah for a while until it all kind of calms down and stuff but no uh, it's uh, it's exciting stuff and uh, can't wait to see you on the weekend um it's going to be epic it's going to be good and um, obviously we'll uh we'll i'm sure we'll have some stories and, and updates and how things went horribly well and horribly wrong and end really well uh for the next show so yeah brilliant <laughs> look forward to it and uh, obviously uh, today's guest um i, I, I should mention and uh, I, t I told you before we started recording anyway is uh, anna smith james who unlike yourself who's just moved out of the area and has moved into the area and mm. is obviously a, a runner who's done um all the major marathons uh, around the world brilliant. which is good yeah she finished that last year so had a great yeah. chat to her about running um 
running around Portsmouth and yeah, just how everyone's missing park runs and or park uh-huh. races, Dave, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Done all the, um, what, so it's done like Boston and New York and Paris and is that what you mean by all the major marathons, Berlin? Yeah, it's, it's, it, that's a good point, actually, because I always thought, um, you just mentioned Paris. I always thought Paris was a major marathon, but apparently it's not. Oh, is it um, not? No, it's not. And I didn't realize that three of them are actually in America. So it's New right. York, Boston, yeah. and I think Chicago. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Anna, Anna goes through that uh, in, in, in the interview oh, wow. in some quite detail. But at the end of it, you get a cool, massive, what they call six-star medal, which is presented to you right. uh, at the end of the last one that you do. So you kind of, I think you, I mean, she, she goes into some detail on the, on, the, on, the, on the interview, but basically you mm-hmm. register yourself when you've done five of them. So that right. when you finish your sixths, you go to a special tent and they present you with your big yeah. medal. But yeah, it's awesome. pretty epic, pretty epic. But anyway, listen, Dave, you take care of yourself and uh, look forward to seeing you on Saturday. And we'll be posting on social media and I'm sure we'll be taking loads of photos and stuff anyway. So we'll, we'll pop, pop those online. But yeah, look after yourself, look after your calf and see you soon. Yeah, cheers, Dan. See you later. Take care, dude. All the best. Bye. Hey, Anna, welcome to the Portsmouth Running Podcast. I uh, just want to say thanks so much for, for your time um, that you've given us to come onto the show and share your running story, because I know it was quite short notice as well. It was only, I think it was about six days ago I asked. Yeah, no, it's fine. I'm, I'm really chuffed to have been uh, to been asked. Yeah, I'm ha- happy to be here. Brilliant. Yeah, I'm, I'm so pleased. Um, I've, I, obviously, when I started the podcast, I kind of got together a list of, um, it's quite a long list of uh, you know guests that I wanted to get on. And, and your name was on there because I know that you're you post on social media a lot and you're you're kind of very communicative with with people on Twitter and Instagram and you're very open about uh, your running on your blog that you that you write and stuff so yeah it's a, it's a pleasure to have you on finally so thank oh, you nice to be on a list <laughs> yeah <laughs> so I thought I thought what would be good maybe is just a kind of quick intro and and excuse me because I've stolen this straight off of your blog um, oh, <laughs> it might not be the exact wording but I, but I thought it's just a nice kind of um, easy quick description at first for the listeners um, who may not know you so yeah. you're, you're Anna Smith James um, you like running a lot and you also like food a lot and they go perfectly hand in hand with each other yeah I mean that that's pretty much me running and food um, brilliant me. <laughs> I, I, I really like that description and it's, it's pretty accurate is it the, the running and food are, are are two two top priorities yeah um yeah and I don't know which comes first the food or the running but generally um I'm either celebrating a run with food looking forward to the food after the run um finding places to end a run that have has nice food um yeah it's uh it's all good <laughs> brilliant I, I always think like in a race or a run or even you know, even in a training run it's always nice to kind of set your sights on a on a post-race treats whether it's a drink or, or food and stuff because I think it kind of almost helps you get through the run sometimes oh 100 percent, yeah and normally what's happened is I uh so if I've got a marathon or a race or something I'll know exactly where we're going afterwards to celebrate there'll be a restaurant that I've googled I've seen the menu I know exactly what I'm ordering on the menu I've probably <laughs> gone on TripAdvisor seen the pictures made sure portion sizes are big enough all that yeah. good stuff. And then during the run, I'm just like, yep, yeah, at the end of this, it's going to be beautiful. <laughs> I love that. That's brilliant. That's so good. That's, it, it just gets you excited for the, for the kind of post-race meal. So that's exactly. excellent. <laughs> and, like, and if you have supporters, they enjoy it as well. It's a treat. It. <laughs> yeah, of course, because obviously the supporters are always there uh, kind of cheering you on and obviously yeah, standing and around for as long as you're running. So, yeah. Exactly. It's hard work being a supporter. Right? I mean, I've supported at marathons and races before and it is hard work. Um, so it's nice that everyone gets to celebrate at the end. 
Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So um, I guess it's safe to say you're a runner of all distances up to the marathon, um, including a couple of six-hour timed events as well. Yeah, so I've, yeah, I would say I've done everything up to a marathon. Um, I've not gone further than a marathon, like I've not done any ultras, um, but I'm definitely more of a long-distance runner than 5Ks or 10Ks. Like I'll do a 10K, but most likely I'll incorporate a 10K into some sort of training plan and then run there or run extra miles afterwards or something. I just okay. hate short distances. Okay. Okay. So, so never done anything longer than a marathon. Really? No, no. Yeah. Yeah. I did. Um, oh, I did this amazing race, um, in Kent called the Cakeathon, um, right Ooh. up my street. And that was a six hour timed event. Um, and, um, I used that for marathon training and basically it was, it was just over like, it was like three miles something or other for a lap and every lap you did you got a little wristband and then mm -hmm. you for the at the end of however many laps you managed to do in the six hours you got a slice of cake so I planned it so I had uh would do 18 miles I think it was like six laps my my math is probably terrible but I got basically a lot of cake at the end and because I'd planned it I knew that Brilliant. that knew I'd get um, a lot of cake. I brought this um, little Tupperware container with me. And so I could, because I knew I wouldn't be able to eat all the cake at once. And they yeah. said to me, they were like, no one has thought of that. Now, that's such a genius idea, brilliant. Because everyone else was like, oh, I can't carry all this cake home. I just have to take two pieces. I was like, no, 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 I'm totally prepared for this. But yeah, that was, I think like 18 miles something. So, but it was a six hour timed event by, um, just use it as a training run and an excuse to eat lots of cake. Cool. Well, I tell you what, that obsession with the food after the race obviously paid off there because you'd planned it well that you could take yeah. all the food home, which is exactly. Brilliant. Fantastic, fantastic. Um, I know one of your biggest achievements. Um, I'm I'm going to say it's one of your biggest achievements because it's huge. Um, in my mind, um, that is completing all of the marathon majors. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Six Incredible. Stuff. Um, yeah. Oh, I'm I'm. It's it is one of my proudest. Um achievements it took a long time to do I think I did it over six years um yeah. and uh I think yeah I must have started 2013 I can't remember but I think mm -hmm. the first one I did was the Berlin marathon and to be honest when I did Berlin that was my second marathon um I didn't even know what a major was really I I'd, I got to the expo and I remember seeing like they, they had all the different medals on display and then they had this big medal in the mi in middle and I was like oh what's this all about but didn't really pay much attention to it and it was only um I'm trying to think what the next major I did it was possibly London no Tokyo I'm trying to think I'm trying to think okay. Um, I've, got, yeah. I've got a rough I've got a rough timeline later on for us to chat about okay, about some of those I think but but um I want to, I want to, and, and sorry to interrupt, I wanted to ask what, what that, um, at the end of doing those six majors, before we kind of dive into the details of them, um, what is that six star medal? Because I'd never heard of that before. So it's, um, it's just like, it's, it's quite a large medal um, and it's got um, six sort of blobs um, around it of like each of the cities, um, like it's got a little ah. picture of Berlin. And then, so what you do is when you know that you're trying to complete the six star um you go online to the abbott web website abbott are basically the i guess the sponsors of this the six star thing okay. and you um basically log your details on there and kind of you you give proof 
because you can get like um, marathon certificates and things like that mm-hmm. um, to say you've run however many or say you know that you're going to run your sixth major then you yep. log all your the five previous and then so when you've signed up for your sixth one there's a box to tick to say this is my sixth major I need to pick up my my six star medal and then at the end of that race you not only pick up the race medal but then you get veered off into like a vip section um which says like six star finishers and then you go and they you have a qr tag on your bib and they scan it and then they give you this massive medal um <laughs> it, it so looks it, huge <laughs> it's yeah it's, it's really sorry because not only do you have like the medal um the normal medal but you have this other medal so you're walking along like like proper chuffed with yourself and everyone's looking at you who's only got one medal which is you know by far amazing but everyone's looking at you wow they've got two medals and this massive medal and it's like ultimate respect (laughs) yeah yeah some people must look at it and go wow maybe she won the marathon yeah it's that big i'll I'll take that i'll just nod (laughs) yeah yeah for sure. I, because I didn't know much about the six star medal, I obviously uh, looked it up in, in preparation uh, for, for this chat. But um, it's interesting to note, and I don't know if you know this, but there's only, well, as I, when I looked, 6,615 finishers globally. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that, that's not a lot of people. No, it's pretty cool. It's a, it's a cool little list to be on. Um, yeah, there's some really cool stats on it about number of finishes and like when you hone down to like female finishes and things like that that get smaller and smaller so wow. but it, it is picking up on interest like loads of people are striving to get their um six star finishes now as it's becoming more and more known about so i'm sure that um number will just keep growing and growing mm, no for sure definitely i think <laughs> yeah, i think the, the the surge in running over the years is just like growing exponentially yeah, um, there are people running more further uh in worse in the most worst conditions you could ever think of i'm i'm sure it's going to be it's not going to be long before somebody does some ridiculous marathon like crawling no. over broken glass or something it's 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 going to happen exactly and it's like you think you've done something really cool and you think you've accomplished something amazing and then someone will come along and just do something stupidly yeah. crazy and you go oh okay <laughs> i tell you it's, it's strange actually that's, that raises a really good point that i always think about and you know obviously looking at social media and people's strava posts and stuff and you're kind of you sometimes feel like oh you know maybe i haven't done enough but i think actually as runners it it disciplines you a little bit to to focus on what you've done and what you've achieved and I to just enjoy that so th- there's there's the flip side i think a little bit as well yeah i mean it's i like social media is kind of a double-sided coin i think like it's it's really good to inspire you and to think wow I really want to do that or wow I should push myself but you also have to be really careful not to go why aren't I doing that or why can't I do that or I should be doing more I should look like that or I should run as fast as that or um and you can get you can sort of spiral down um and and it can become a dark place then but Mm -hmm. I think as long as you use social media to uh, like is kind of a good community feel to kind of big each other up and to be inspired then and it's good but yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I agree I agree completely and it's yeah I guess it's it's kind of like a, a practice ground in a way to practice that stuff and to practice yeah you know focusing on what you've achieved and your achievements and then like you say helping somebody out in their yeah. race or with their training schedule or you know it's and just it's, I think it's it's a whole it's a whole good kind of like self a uh, self-running machine almost in a way yeah definitely and it and it is hard like it is hard not to get lost in social media and, and mm. think why why aren't I as good as that and you've just got to remember that 
you're you're running your own race you're in your own story um you know it's cool what other people are doing but you know what you're doing is good enough as well yeah absolutely good 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 way to finish that absolutely um so so Anna I, I guess apart from uh, and again stolen from your from from some of your blogs apart from getting better at handstands how have you been keeping <laughs> over these uh over these strange kind of covid and lockdown months yeah no do you know what actually um it's it's been fine um I before lockdown I would go to the gym quite a lot and I'd get up quite early like five o'clock in the morning to get to the gym before work and I was quite uh, I was in this routine um, I enjoy going to the gym keeping myself strong for running and things like that and then lockdown happened um, and obviously I can't go to the gym so um, I decided to just kind of do my own stuff at home um, got a couple of weights before they all disappeared online yep. um, and did my own sort of little routines and went on YouTube, found some workout videos. And actually, I found that I really enjoyed it. I really um, I never thought I was the type of person that could do like the home workouts and not be in a gym environment. But actually, I've I have really enjoyed it. And I've what I found is that that before getting up so early and getting down and rushing you know to get to work afterwards was actually stressing me out and mm. not doing that now and sort of having more of a relaxed schedule is so much better but so um but in terms of my running I mean I guess in uh for the UK we were very lucky that we were still allowed for um at least once to get outside yeah. and do some exercise um and I just I kind of carried on with my runs and and just stuck to my routine. I'm quite um, like a, a solo runner anyway. Like I, I like to run with other people. I am part of a running club, but I yep. rarely run in big groups. Um, so for me, it was just running on my own, just doing what I normally do. So it wasn't it hasn't been bad at all. OK, that's, that, that's good. That's good to hear. And, and I've, it's, it's a similar kind of thing that I've been hearing around, you know, not only just runners, but friends as well saying, you know, they never they never thought they could work from home and, yeah. and, and you know, being all these these strange routines where they're not out and about with friends and seeing other people. And, and now they they flipped around. And like you just said, they they're saying, you know what, I actually didn't realize how much being in the car was stressing me out and how much yeah. driving around was. And, you know, the, the, the slowdown and pace has been amazing. And it's, it's funny because when you're in that routine and when you're doing it every day, you can kind of convince yourself that it's fine. Um, you know, I have to do this. This is my life. And it's only when you're forced out of that routine and you get kind of an outside perspective into what it was like, you go, mm. oh, actually, you know, that, I don't think I was like enjoying that. I don't think that was actually that good for me. Um, yeah. So no, for sure. I can I can draw some I can draw some comparison as well to recovering in between runs <laughs> until yeah. you do it you don't realize just how yeah. tired you were exactly it's like you can survive on a number of hours of sleep and think everything's fine and it's only when you get that those you know just an hour or two more in bed you go I'm a whole different human being yeah like, absolutely. <laughs> yeah it's crazy yeah so um, I also know you've been really busy as well over the past few months because you've you recently moved into the Portsmouth area. Is that right? Yes. Yes, we did. We somehow managed through lockdown to move. Which That's was, amazing. Yeah, we were really lucky. So, yeah, my partner, Kyle, and I, um, we were both uh, he was living at his uh, with his mom and I was living with my parents um, and we got 
we found a house just before lockdown sort of happened, like about a month before lockdown happened and then got our mortgage approved, which was mm-hmm. crucial because as lockdown happened, no mortgages were being approved. And then everything just gradually happened very slowly. Um, but we were able to move into our new house. So we've, um, yeah, we've been very, very lucky on that. That's that's fantastic. Well, congratulations to, mm-hmm. to yourself and Carl. Is Carl a runner as well? Yeah, he is. It's, it's funny, actually, because we, we got together where um, we work together and we got together at work um, yeah. and he wasn't a runner, um, but he sort of wanted to get a bit fit. But he I think he wanted to get to know me a little bit better. Um, and so he started like well, he said to me, oh, can I run with you? And we would start running um, together and um, running it together more often we just got to know each other that way and it's funny because because once we we finally did get together um all of his friends were like okay Carl you you don't have to run anymore you've got the gap you can stop but he, he does like well I say he likes running I think he uses running to sort of keep fit and keep mm. healthy that he doesn't jump out of bed quite as enthusiastic as I do um yeah especially not for long runs or anything he can be quite grumpy <laughs> oh bless bless well, well we all know how hard those those first few runs are so so good on you Carl for uh <laughs> for it out and uh, yeah well done well done for getting out and running <laughs> yeah I even managed to, to persuade him to do a marathon uh but uh, he did the Portsmouth Coastal Marathon a couple of years ago and okay. I think that scarred him for life <laughs> oh oh and you had you had to go straight for the marathon didn't you oh, terrible <laughs> <laughs> I, not, okay, I think it's because I raved about it so much about how good a marathon was and I think he, he finished it and he went don't think I quite love it as much as you do Anna <laughs> <laughs> brilliant brilliant well well done for that um I, I guess one of the nice things about moving to to a new area is like where you I guess where you're used to running and stuff around all the trails and the paths and the roads whatever you kind of know people you get to like see familiar faces and cyclists and dog walkers every day and then when you go into a new environment it's um it's interesting because you I guess you're seeing different people different yeah. paths different roads have, have you done much exploring around Portsmouth oh yeah I've got lost many a time um but I have through so the first couple of weeks was literally me just going right I'm gonna run and just try and find some different paths and routes which was quite fun but also it meant so normally when I run I can just kind of zone out or listen to music occasionally or maybe a podcast um but when you're like sort of exploring you literally have to be like focused on everything so they were quite intense runs of trying to find good routes but now I'm kind of settled I found like the solid long run the you know the quick 5k 10k or, or whatever um but it's great I love it because um I lived in um, Stubbington previously, which is quite close to the sea, about a 20 minute walk from the sea. So it was important to still be near the sea where we moved to just because not that I'm a sea creature at all. I'm very much land based, but Mm -hmm. I just like being by the sea, the sea air, the smell of it, walking along it. And where we live at the moment is just perfect because we can literally run down to South Sea Seafront, run along the promenade and then come up along pretty much the Portsmouth Marathon um, route and it's just lovely and I found some really good spots like going along Farlington Marshes and it just even though we're we're kind of we are in like the Portsmouth city um, you can just within like 10 minutes you're out when you're next to Mm. the sea it's just yeah I just I'm loving it here it is it is great it it is really nice and and you know similar to what you just said about you know you might not necessarily be um, somebody who likes to go into the water a lot. Like myself, I love being down at the seafront. I could do 
the a South Sea Seafront 10K a thousand times and I wouldn't get bored of it. I, yeah. I, I just I just enjoy the air, the freshness, the the open, the outdoors. It's it's just lovely. It's really nice. Yeah, well, and it, there's something so lovely about running down the South Sea Seafront, smelling like coffee, smelling freshly baked donuts and yeah. chips, and I oh, yeah, I just love it. Yeah, yeah, the chips are. That reminds me, I uh, I once did a long run along South Sea Seafront, and I had gone too far out of the city without food, and got <gasps> back into town, and had to run past all the chip stalls. With oh no, no! Oh, that was that was awful. That was that was a pro- that was a proper test of might. <laughs> <laughs> terrible, terrible. Um, listen, Anna. Um, obviously, running you mentioned earlier um isn't the only thing that you do to keep fit. You're 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 big into the gym, and you've had to I know do without. Uh, the gym like you said for a while since lockdown and stuff but um how, how does the gym fit with your running and and did you uh incorporate gym to complement the running or have you always gone to gym so when i first started running i was pretty much as soon as i figured out oh i i love it um i would just try and run all the miles all the races and and do all the things basically um and then quickly found that that was a personally for me a recipe for disaster and I was just getting injured all the time my knee would be a problem my hip would be a problem something would happen my calf and it was just really depressing and Mm -hmm. then I would keep going to the physio and the physio would say do these exercises you know take a bit of rest and then crack on back to it Um, and it took me embarrassingly several times of going this sort of cycle of run injured run injured um, Mm -hmm. to work out that actually I, I the exercises the physio was giving me weren't something I would just do to kind of rehab back and just do for like three weeks or whatever and then just ignore them completely it would actually have to be something I would need to do um for forever basically as long as I wanted to run um and I found so I sort of grudgingly joined a gym and would start working on building up strength in my legs and um, doing a bit of cross training rather than you know trying to run stupid number of miles a week um, and I found that I was getting injured less and I was also find, finding that um, I don't run for I don't run to like lose weight I don't run to look a certain way mm-hmm. but um, when I went to the gym I found that um, putting a bit of muscle on um, actually made me feel really confident about my body because um, running sort of uh can sort of strip you of your muscle and leave mm, you looking a little bit yeah they're a bit skinny and whereas going to the gym I found that when I was um like lifting weights and like heavy weights and doing like not you know just doing a pump class but like properly lifting weights um I was putting on some some nice muscle when I was looking like uh not just a skinny um not that there's anything wrong with being skinny but personally for me it just made made me feel a bit yeah. confident about my body and also um the main thing was that it was complementing my running making me stronger with my running and um I was getting injured just far far less yeah. um which was just a complete win for me that's good that's good so it really kind of helped um get you out of that injury rut then I guess that's yeah good. massively and I mean to this day I still do like and because you don't have to lift heavy you don't have to lift up massive barbels of weights and things like that um there's things I do like pretty much every day or every other day with just a resistance band just to keep my glutes active just to keep them strong and firing um and they're really simple exercises that take like five minutes so yeah. I just for me it's just something if I want to keep running and I want to be healthy then I have to do okay 
That's good. That's good. It sounds it sounds like you've got a really good balance there of, um, you know, getting into those routines now at home. But, uh, you know, the fact that it's helping the running and stuff, you must be in yeah. such a good good cycle of it now that yeah, you, you just know the benefit, you know how it feels and, and yeah. everything works out. That's good. It's definitely not as fun as running. And it is something I have to be like, right, OK, do this now and then, you know, the good stuff will happen. But mm. like you say, you get into a good routine. You have the good reasons why you're doing it. And I just stay motivated that way. Yeah, good. Excellent. Good, uh, g- good lessons to take away there for, uh, for listeners and, and even for me, because I've dabbled mm. in, in gym exercises at home and uh, the gym that we have at work, which obviously is not, not available at the moment. But um, I tend to see some slight benefits happening and then I stop. So... <laughs> And that's the danger, isn't it? Where you go, ah, oh, or like if you've been injured and you go, I'm fixed and now I can carry on running. And then you forget that, um, you know, all the stuff that you've been doing. But it, I think it's also down to like different individuals. Like I know there are some people that can just run 50 miles a week and they don't have to go near a gym. They don't have to do any stretching or any foam rolling and they're just solid. Um, and they don't get injured at all. Um, whereas I know for me, I am injury prone. For whatever reason, I I will just get injury prone. And it's sad um, and annoying. And I could moan about it forever, but that's not going to help. I just have to accept that I'm unfortunately one of those people that has to spend the extra time doing all this sort of supplementary things just to make sure that I don't get injured and I keep strong. Mm. Oh, well, it's good. Um Anna, moving on to the blog that we uh, that we kind of we've mentioned a couple of times already. So, I, like like I said, I've I, you know I've always enjoyed reading your blog posts, and I've, I find they're like like they're really honest and down to earth. Um, and I've read a number of your your race reports, um, and I've read I've read things about like, some of the food places you've been to and seen all the nice pictures and the park run events that you've done, uh, all sorts of stuff. When did you actually start the blog, and and was it? Was it just to kind of document um, like everyday life or, or, or you did it for the running? Did you? I think you mentioned that earlier. Yeah. So, uh, oh gosh, I think it was 2012 I started. So a number of years ago now. Um, yeah. And it was I think I w- at the time I was reading lots of other people's blogs, um, running blogs um, or like fitness blogs. Um, and the ones that I really liked were ones that were just they weren't trying to sell you anything. It was literally just your ordinary runner that you could meet down at park run saying how her training was going or his training mm. was going um and what races they'd done and maybe a recipe or something and i really enjoyed that and thought it was interesting and i was like mm, maybe maybe i could do that because uh, i do like i'd end up you know talking to my friends or talking to my family and um that when they're not runners there's only so much that non-runners can take of hearing <laughs> you, you waffle on about and they and the interest like the intricacies of of what pace you did at mile two of a half marathon yeah, I yeah. sort of lost on them and that's fine because I know that I've got cyclist friends and they try and talk to me about their bike and things and I'll just glaze over so uh, you know but so the the blog came because I I wanted I wanted to be kind of part of this sort of community that I because I was commenting on other people's blogs and, and contacting them through Twitter and having conversations and I kind of mm. wanted to be I wanted to you know um share the same experience I guess and also it was I really enjoy writing um I did a lot of it at school and university and then when I got a job I just didn't do it anymore so there was a like a cathartic element of just of the writing itself and also it's it's nice to document um exciting or maybe not that exciting parts of your life that you're really passionate about and yeah. 
you know when you have a a race that you really enjoyed or not enjoyed writing about it um when it's fresh in your mind it's for me it was just a really like fun experience and like I can look back on races I did say five years ago and be like oh yeah I remember that I remember it you know yeah. mile three I saw the the man with no shoes running along or whatever and it and it's just like almost like a diary but a diary that other people can read who are interested in the same things and yeah um and and like putting the food stuff in there as well about what restaurants I've enjoyed what meals I've had out um I I just love it I just love writing if no one and I've said this millions of times if no one read it I would still write it because for me I can I can look back and just go oh I remember that and with all the pictures alongside it and things yeah it's just just you know nice little side hobby absolutely I think like what you mentioned just a couple of minutes ago when when you when you started off there was um there's like this it's part of the reason why why I started this podcast is because you know listening to to other shows and I've, I've listened to a lot of running podcasts over the years um there's there's such good information that like elite runners that always get interviewed can can yeah. give um to help us motivate ourselves and give us ideas on training to do or races to run but I find there's this kind of like untapped amazing yeah. uh bunch of experience and knowledge amongst everyday runners yeah. um you know people that are running at the back of the pack or middle of the pack or or, or sometimes the front of the pack too but there's exactly. just you know there's so many experiences to be shared and, and people can really relate to each other um a 100%. lot more yeah i mean i was just gonna say that like i can relate far more to people that are exactly like me or maybe a bit faster or maybe a lot faster or maybe slower than i can to an elite that has you know a uh, whole team on tap to him um and as interesting as it is to hear how an elite trains and how they do it it is like a different world and it's like I can't compare my life to that and to, so when you hear like a regular runner talking about you know fitting it in between their nine to five and and what you know um mistakes they've made it's really like it it, it just yeah it's just mm-hmm. very relatable to you yeah absolutely I I, I agree completely and 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 it's also interesting now as well with with sports companies and shoes companies they you know they're entrusting people to you know to be the the athletes so so to speak who are kind of like using their gear and their equipment and their their shoes and their clothing to you know to to go out there in the community and just tell their friends about it and rather than having a you know a suit paying a supermodel millions of pounds to go and exactly. sit on a billboard people are now you know dishing stuff out and going you know what that you know you guys you guys know the stuff you yeah you know you runners know exactly how to use it how it works for you go go and tell the world and i think it's yeah the, it's kind of things are changing a little bit that way so in the in the, in the same respect as the blogs i think i think it's great that people kind of document their experiences and other people can read it yeah definitely i mean it's we're in this weird culture at the moment this whole influencer culture and i think there's yeah. definitely a, a fine line between the 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 influencers that are big time and then there's the the smaller people that you can almost you can chat to like a, a regular person and you know converse on twitter or whatever and you would probably listen to their opinion on a pair of shoes or or a kit rather than the influencer or athlete that's been sponsored to, mm-hmm. to talk about a certain product um way more and that i think is like valuable um to a brand to have um the yeah the kind of the small fry um experiences yeah, yeah absolutely you're kind of yeah just being out there in the core of, of the community you know you're you're, yeah. you're out in the middle of in the middle of these races just chatting with people and that's yeah. that, 
that's where it is really it kind of you know things things spread better that way and exactly it just, seems, just seems to work well at the moment you'll, you'll always take recommendations off your friend over you know an advert on television yeah david beckham may look good in it but if my mate <laughs> jason looks good in it or, or colin looks good in it then you know then it works <laughs> exactly yeah yeah um so, so anna i'm keen to know how anna the apple came to be <laughs> i do you know what it's weird actually loads of people ask me that and um so I one of my weirdly one of my favorite foods that I could never ever give up are apples and uh, I could easily eat many an apple a day try not to eat more than two I got okay. it down too. Um, so I would eat a lot of apples um, but and when I was coming up with a name for, for my blog like because when I started my blog there were so many blogs out there I mean blogging has kind of died off now but when I started, there were just loads and it was really hard to come up with an individual name that no one else had taken before, or wasn't associated with anything. And I was just thinking, what can I do? And then I remembered that I read, <laughs> this is, oh, this is cringy, but I read <laughs> when I was um, a lot younger, um, there was a book, I think it was called like Alphabet Land or something. Okay. And um, and each letter had like a character associated. So I think there was like Munching Mike and Jumping Jack. And the A was Annie the Apple. And okay. I was like, oh, I could be Anna the Apple. And that makes sense because I like apples. And it just stuck. And from there, I just I just kept it. It was, you know, relatively unique and quirky. Um, but yeah. Brilliant. Okay. I, I love it. That That's answered my question. I've always wondered where, where it came from. So. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Um, I, I, I'm always getting into trouble at home because I eat all the um, apple. I eat about three or four apples a day and um, it's always got to be Granny Smith's for me or, oh, or Pink no. Ladies. Oh, see, Granny Smith's are the one apples that I cannot stand because they're oh, so sour. That's exactly why I like them. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's so funny. But yeah, I think I like a good jazz. jazz oh, okay. Nice and crunchy. All right. See, I, I, I hate an apple that you bite into that's soft and and. Oh. and Grainy. It's the oh. most sad thing, isn't it? You see it's really horrible. When you're just like, oh, this is really mushy. Yeah, that gets chopped up and goes straight into the uh, into the compost bin for me when that happens. So yeah, 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 with a little ceremony or something. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so listen, um, uh, if we jump into into some kind of timeline, and and I know that um, you know, you're you're pre- I guess predominantly let's focus around around the major marathon. So if we jump back to maybe. I think 2012 you said you started running and that was kind of like on the treadmill at gym uh which you've been over um but you must have been doing some other races outside or or were you literally um, just running indoors so when I yeah when I first started running I it was literally I just I was in a gym and I was just running I was like five miles I remember I remember uh, speaking to my dad and being like how fast should I run and my dad saying to me I don't even know if this is right, but my dad said, oh, in the Navy, you have to run nine minute miles. So I remember I would set the treadmill to be nine minute miles and okay. I would run five miles, I think three times a week, nine minute miles, just like just as a uh, routine. Um, and it was purely to keep fit. Um, okay. And then I stopped going to the gym. I changed jobs because the gym was attached to the job. Um, and I was like, oh, I don't really want to pay a lot of money to go to the gym. I run, I, you know, I ran three times a week. So maybe I'll try running outside. I've never done that before. Um, and I remember I ran, I think it was like four miles and I was like, this is incredible. Like, <laughs> like I remember on the treadmill, I'd be like literally counting. I'd have the same playlist of songs and I'd be counting down the songs till I knew it'd be the end. 
And when I was running outside, I was like, oh, my God, I'm looking around. There's like, you know, there's people I can look at. There's gardens, there's shops, there's, you know, crossing the road. And it was it flew by and I couldn't believe how much I loved it. Mm. Um, and I was like, I just started running outside more. Um, I think someone at work said to me, have you ever thought of joining a running club? And I was like, oh, I don't know. You know, that sounds a bit scary. That sounds proper. But I found that there was um, a hedge end running club. Um, near to where I lived and I thought I'll I'll go to the little to go to the wherever it was the trial and see and it was like I turned up and I felt like a complete newbie but they were so lovely and welcoming and I was like wow I'm I'm surrounded by all these people that are like me that like running and can talk about running and it's (laughs) and you know and we're all running together in a group and this is fantastic um so then I I started running with them and then someone said oh why don't you do why don't you do a race and um, so I, I think the first race I did was the Reading Half Marathon. Um, that was 2013. And I just signed up and I followed, followed. I think it was like the Booper Half Marathon plan and okay. literally printed it out. And I would tick off every all the different runs I had to do each week, followed it to a T and mm-hmm. then did the Reading Half Marathon. And it was like the best thing ever, even though it was because when the Reading Half Marathon happens, it's always cold. It's usually always raining. OK, it's pretty miserable. Reading's not the most scenic place, but I just loved it. I just remember thinking this is the best thing ever. Um, and yeah, I just went from there and started entering all the sort of 10 Ks around me. Um, the five mile Romsey beer race, which is still one of my favorite races. Um but I've I always wanted that... to do one of those, Anna. I've, I've never, I've never oh. ever done a beer race, but I've seen so many YouTube videos of people doing them. Well, so it's not you don't drink the beer during the race. This is crucial. Ah. But you get, you see, so do it's five miles around Romsey, and it's it's beautiful. It's hilly, and it's a tough course, and it's in the middle of June or the beginning of June, I think, mm. and it's very hot. But it's a very small race. I think it has a, a like a limited number of like 500 people or something, and everyone comes out and supports you. And you finish up on the cricket pitch and you get a token for a beer and a token for a cake and you go and collect it. And then you sit on the, the cricket field and just drink your beer, have your size of cake. And it's the best thing ever. And I've done it uh, probably about four times and I just loved it. Loved it. It was actually one of the, the races that obviously was cancelled this year because of the coronavirus. That I was really gutted not to be able to do. Oh. Do, 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 you know which, do you know which cricket pitch it finishes on? nope somewhere okay. in <laughs> okay that's all right because because we're because near where i work is, is right next to romsey and i i know there's a cricket pitch there i'm just wondering if it's it around very, there because there's quite a few hills around there yeah it's very much in um it is like sort of a residential area okay um so yeah but it's really scenic really pretty um i definitely recommend anyone to do it and but you have to sign up quickly because it sells out really fast oh, i bet yeah anything with beer and yeah, exactly. sold up. Yeah. Uh, listen, listen. Back to your back to your um your first half marathon. You you did really well on that race. I'm I looked I looked it up and you ran a one thirty six ten. I think was your first half marathon outside. No, so that I think that was that was definitely not my first one. I think uh-huh. I did that might have been the third time I did it. But the first time I did it, I think just looking at my times here is one forty one nineteen. So not quite as good. Okay. Uh, but, but still still all right for my first. That's good. Half. Yeah yeah that's really good you obviously took to the running outdoors you know like you say you loved it and that's yeah that kind of showed it, you know you were running well it was funny because when I was in the gym um obviously I just set the treadmill to nine minute miles 
so I had no idea about pacing, no idea how fast I could run because I never went any any faster on the treadmill. And when I got outside, I suddenly realised, oh, I, I can run fast if I want to, you know, relatively speaking. Um, and um, yeah, and just found that I that wasn't bad. <laughs> yeah. So, so what I mean, you mentioned as well, you joined the club and I don't think I've I've had yet um, somebody running with the hedge. Is it hedge, just hedge end running club? Hedge and Running Club, yeah, it's a, a club in Southampton. Brilliant. Um, but I, I know you, just now you said that when you when you joined up, you're obviously really nervous and stuff. But it's the same theme throughout the running clubs. Is it just how friendly they are when you join them, and it's kind of like they're just so welcoming. And before you know it, you're racing, you're racing for them. So are you? Do you still run with with the club? I am. St- yeah, I'm still uh, a member of Hedge and Running Club. I haven't been to a training session. I mean. Uh, coronavirus aside I haven't been to a training session in in a number of years um and that's just mainly because I've I moved um because I did originally live in Hedgeend I had a flat on my own um which was really close and then I moved back home and it was just a lot of effort to drive there I'm still like really good friends with lots of people in the club and I would go Mm. to Parkrun and meet up with them so for me it was I guess more of um social side of things and if I did races I could wear the vest and I would see them at the club see them at the race and things like that but um I I'm can very much easily turn into like a lone wolf runner um when tempted to so yeah it's um it's one of my flaws okay that's good that's that's great it's nice to, uh, just nice to have guests on from from various of the running clubs and we've we've had runners from Demi Striders port, loads from Portsmouth oh, nice. Joggers uh Baffins um oh Baffins is just near where i live yep they're, they're they're good i always see them out in their green tops they're um on the weekend it, the area just turns into like i think if you were looking at it from a helicopter you would just see like, <laughs> loads of bright green dots everywhere they're just all over the eastern road and <laughs> yeah i bet they're a lovely club lots of lots of lovely runners there that um yeah. that, that are great to get that to know so. it's so lovely isn't it like runners are so friendly and it's like I've gone to many many park runs I've like tried to do like if I go visit a friend somewhere I'll always try and get a park run in and invariably it'll end up but um, so before I met Kyle I'd go on my own and I would just show up to a park run stand at the start line and you just end up talking to someone and it's the most friendly thing in the world yeah. and you don't feel like I think but even before I was running I would never have never been able to do something like that and I would really struggle with you know talking to strangers or god Mm. what would I say what am I you know what kind of small talk but when you with other runners you can literally be like oh so how's your training going or what race you got or you know what are you planning for this race and it's just yeah they're so friendly and it's just so easy to talk to other runners Mm, I think it's it's such a good point and and it's one I often talk about on the show as well with with um with other guests is that you know just how friendly it is and how yeah. easy it is because you've got that common theme and you yeah. know you're kind of I guess for like longer races you know you're all out there and you're going to be suffering exactly the same yeah. together yeah um maybe it was the same in in like the uh the Colosseum in in Rome back in the day before <laughs> people went out to like fight each other like everyone be cool because you know we're all we're all gonna we're all gonna go out there and suffer together so. yeah <laughs> yeah what a comparison <laughs> yeah yeah well yeah maybe it's maybe it's a bad comparison but maybe it's a good one at the same time I don't know <laughs> um so so we get back on back onto the marathons and or not onto the marathons onto the running. Um, I think you had it. It sounded like you had a real from what you wrote wrote to me in your in your kind of like running description, your history that you had a real pull towards the the longer distances and especially the marathon because yeah. I think I read somewhere I don't know whether you sent it to me or whether I read on one of your blogs that you always knew you were going to love to run the marathon even before yeah. you ran. It was really weird. I don't, I can't explain it. Like I I I signed up. Um, 
I just, I don't know. I, I did the, the half marathon. I did some 10Ks and I realized that the 10Ks were not, they were not for me. There was just, I just didn't get the same joy. And then I did like the longer stuff and I just thought, oh, wow, the marathon is, that's my goal because mm-hmm. everyone says it's, you know, it's, it, it was like the be all and end all. And I, I don't know. I, I, everyone said it was hard. I knew it would be hard. I definitely knew it wasn't going to be easy. Um, I knew I would struggle but I weirdly knew that I would enjoy it. And I don't know how I knew that. And it's funny because there are, I can look back at so many of my marathons and remember specific points where I've thought to myself, oh, I really love this. Like even mm-hmm. through the the pain and the tiredness and there are definitely times you go, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to stop. Oh, this is too, too hard. But there's always been a point where I've gone, oh, I love this or this is it. This is the, the, the best thing ever. Um, yeah. Yeah. I can relate to that a lot. I've, I've been, I've, I've had my, my absolute darkest physical moments uh, where in, in probably what sounded like my last dying breath, I've said, I love this to death. I love this yeah. to bits. And yeah, it's just one of those things, you know, you, you, you only other, other runners will understand. <laughs> exactly. Like, if, for example, like one moment you're going, oh God, I feel dreadful. This is so hard. This is so... And then two minutes later, you can be saying, I can't wait to do this again. This is brilliant. I just want to remember this forever. Yeah, lovely. I can really relate to that. And I'm sure I'm sure lots of the listeners can as well. So, um, so, so in 2014, is it uh, is it right and accurate to say that Paris was your first marathon? Yeah, I ran Paris Marathon 2014. Um, looking at my results, I got three hours 41 minutes and 18 seconds. Yeah, fantastic. Really, really good. A um, great time for your first marathon. Really, really that is and what was what was the experience like because obviously going overseas adds a whole different dynamic to it and you've got to get medical certificates and all yeah. sorts of stuff yeah it, it was actually really hard I've heard a lot of people struggle with the medical certificates I was very lucky I went to my doctor he happened to be a runner and he was very happy to print out a form and sign away but yeah okay. it was I was really really nervous even though I was really looking forward to it and I was excited I was really nervous I remember the night before um because I hadn't had because this was during the time where I hadn't really discovered strength training and I was sort of, I'd had a really rocky training. I had had to do some cycling to cover the fact that I'd been injured for a bit. And I honestly didn't think I was going to be able to finish it. I thought to myself, just get to 10 miles, see how you feel. If you're okay, push on. Um, And I remember the night before crying because I was so nervous and that sounds really pathetic, but I was so worried and, you know, flown all this way, paid all this money for this hotel the, we were only there for the marathon we were gonna have a couple of days afterwards but literally it was just for the marathon okay and I was so worried and I just remember just crying the night before thinking oh what if I don't do it and um but I just said to myself just just do 10 miles and then see how you feel and I remember running it and getting to 10 miles and going no I feel okay I feel okay just just keep going just keep going and it was fantastic I mean it was you saw so much of Paris and it was a lovely day like the weather was nice I think it was a little warm but it wasn't overly hot and I just had the the best experience and I remember um, I still remember different things that I saw like I remember I think it was like mile 24 there was this 
this sort of stand that one of the supporters had put up and it had like champagne or like fizzy wine and like um dried meats and like canapes like proper like parisian style food oh, wow. <laughs> and, and i remember seeing this one man stop and just go oh i guess i will just have a sip of this sparkling wine here and i just thought that's mad you're two miles from the finish and you're stopping to drink something oh, i love crazy. that but it was such a good experience and I, I just loved it. And I remember getting to the, oh, I remember getting to the cobble bits at the end and being like, oh, this is hard. But then the crowds were there and they were cheering you on. And I just felt, I just felt great. I mean, I felt broken to pieces and tired, but I felt so good. I remember finishing and just thinking, wow, this is, this is the best. I want to bottle this feeling up and mm-hmm. just have it forever. That's amazing. That's amazing. I mean, it sounds like you didn't have the best kind of pre-race experience the night before. And, you know, that's that's pretty awful to be in that state and be so worried about something that, you know, yeah. you're going to have such a positive experience from. But, you know, well done for getting through it and uh, and racing on the day because it could have thrown you off and put you off even getting to the start line. Yeah, and I think it massively helped that I had that in a weird way that we had, that I did have the hotel and I had paid all this money to get there. And I was only there for the race that just that made me go. What's the worst that can happen if you if everything goes wrong, you just stop. It doesn't mm. matter. Um, and that just and I just thought, just go for it. Just see what happens. Um, you know, strength, strength of character and a strength of character. <laughs> there you go. A good a good show, a good show of it. Did your um, I, know, I know again, um, you know, reading your your race reports, um, I, I guess it's, it would be nice to mention the fact that I think your your parents come to see a lot of your races as well. Or did they did they go to Paris? Um, they didn't come to Paris with me. Um, but my dad came to Berlin Marathon with me. Um, bless him. He just he came down um, literally. He came down, I think, for the night before the race. And then he left the night of the race after he'd seen me. Um, and he loves coming to see my races. He'll print out the course map and, and he'll say, I'll be at, I'll be at mile six. And then he'll work out. He'll say to me, what kind of time are you aiming for? And I'll, I'll think about the splits that I'm going for and he'll work out the time he needs to be at the next point he's going to be at. Um, and, uh, yeah. And then afterwards, what's really lovely is that cause I'll just be running, 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 and he'll be, you know, trying to get to the right spot, cheer me on. And then off he goes to get to the next spot. And, so when I finish the race and when we we've met up afterwards and, and, and hugged and chatted, I'll say to him, so what did you get up to? Where, where did you go? What did you do? And he'll yeah. tell his adventure like, oh, and, you know, while I was waiting, I found a great little um, sandwich spot and had a bacon butty. And then I had to quickly move it. And it was just it's really lovely. And he gets he gets so happy to, to see me race. Um, which That's is, fantastic. And, That's... and my mum, my mum, bless her. Like my dad is really involved in what are your splits and what do you do? Whereas my yeah. mum sort of generally, you know, she, she sort of accepts my run. She's very happy for me. She supports me. You know, she loves me and she, but she's more about, um, she doesn't need to know the details, I guess, but she yeah. came, she came, um, to Boston with me. It was her and me going to Boston together. And she came to Dubai with me when I did both of those marathons. Okay. Um, and she, she, um, I remember saying to her the night before Boston saying, um, or like a week before Boston sorry I said to her like do you know where you're going to stand do you know what you're going to do because in the morning I'm going to be leaving very early on, on the race day and I'm not going to be able to help you find your way or, or help you okay. so you need to have a plan and she went don't worry Anna don't worry I'll sort it out it's fine you just focus on your race and I, I asked her a couple of times 
And then the, I remember the night before the Boston Marathon, she sort of turns to me and goes, so where do you think I should stand? Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, oh, I said, I, I don't know if I've got the, the, the emotional capacity to, to think about this. And I said, look, because the, the nature of Boston is just a, a point to point, there's no way she could have got very far down the course. I said, look, just just, you know, get to the get to the finish area and just try and find somewhere. But bless her, she she did amazing. She got she got like prime area, you know, right, right in the area where you run down um, the final strip of the the um, just around where the where the the bombing happened the um, okay. number of years ago. But she got to that that sort of spot and she saw me. She saw me finish. I can't believe she managed to do it. But she just happens to get in the right place at the right time without any sort of structure or any planning. Whereas my dad will meticulously plan every detail. Mm. Mm. Um, it, it, it sounds like your dad could could almost write his own his own kind of race race report yeah. afterwards because he's having a race outside of the uh, of yeah the he, honestly <laughs> he he will find he finds different nooks and crannies to get through to get to different areas and yeah he's brilliant that's fantastic well if you ever decide to do an ultra run he'll be he'll be the perfect the perfect crew person to have yes exactly uh, on the route so so brilliant that that's great it's, it's really good that you get that support actually it's it's nice because you know not not everyone's families can make it all the time and, yeah, exactly. and stuff so yeah so it, it must kind of really help to to see to see them on route and stuff so that's good oh, and i think um as well as what's lovely about kyle is he may not because if i want to do a marathon he he probably doesn't want to do a marathon but he's more than happy to support me at the marathons i do like for the barcelona marathon he um he wanted to get to I think it was like four different spots but because it was quite tricky he knew he would have to run to the different spots so he had he had like a little running backpack on and he had a plan and he was sort of he did I think like eight or nine miles running to get to me to do wow <laughs> and that was really lovely as well because it was like it wasn't just my day it was his day as well because he'd had an adventure and he'd seen different things that I hadn't seen so we were able to to talk like I was able to tell him about my marathon and he was able to tell me about all the different things he'd seen and and stuff so it was, it's just really nice so he's always got that memory as well of, of like trying to get around the different places and yeah it's just yeah, lovely that's that's great that's great must be some really like really really good conversations to have after after the races and and again yeah. you've got that support network around you which is just invaluable yeah, really lovely. that's fantastic so um so you did you, you mentioned berlin earlier and you did berlin the same year that you did paris is that right yeah it's weird i signed up to berlin before i'd even done paris because i was convinced i'd like the marathon i was like i'll just do it okay that that hold on a second that's a first because i've never heard that before somebody entering their second one <laughs> after their first one because they knew they were going to enjoy the first one so much that's that's yeah. very inside well, out and but i guess the, i guess the the mentality was as well if i if, if Paris fails for some reason, I've got Berlin as a backup as well. So there true. was some kind of logic there as well. Very true. Yeah. Blind very faith. True. Good. Was, were, were, the, were the two traveling to the two different countries very different? And, and obviously just before that, those are the two, those are two of the majors. Yeah. Uh, so Paris isn't, but Berlin is. Ah, Paris isn't. Ah, yeah, I know. Right. Most people think it is because it is quite a, ma a major marathon, but it, it's not actually technically a major. But um, yeah, Berlin is though um okay. but um yeah it, it does feel like it though paris is a massive marathon there's loads of people it's really well organized but berlin was um I, I think i prefer berlin to paris the um the course is fantastic it's super super flat um mm -hmm. but also it's the the city really get behind it I mean, paris 
there was a slight level of indifference from the people, like the Parisians. I remember I was running along and a woman just sort of crossed straight over in front of all the runners with her bike, just sort of pushing along like, well, I'm, I'm going to the, you know, the, the shop. I, I don't, I don't want to be stopped. And I remember when we went, went for dinner afterwards and Mm -hmm. I was wearing my medal and the, the waitress, and it wasn't far from where the race had happened. And the waitress said to me, what's that medal for? And I was like, well, wow. I the Paris Marathon, it was earlier today. And she went, oh, wow, I didn't know that. That's Whereas, almost like asking somebody wearing a Christmas hat, why are you wearing a Christmas I hat? I know, and it, and it sort of deflates your bubble a bit. And you go, oh, OK. But yep. Berlin, I felt like the whole city got behind it. And and it was just, and because as well, they have loads of elites trying to break the world record. You get that kind of buzz. And I remember the year I did it, I think Wilson Kipsang broke the world record. And I remember as I was running, someone held up a, a cardboard, uh, a piece of cardboard that said the world record's been broken two hours, whatever it was. And that was really cool to see, to know that you were running the same race that someone had broken a world record. Yeah, that's very motivating. Geez. Yeah, it's really cool. Fantastic. Gosh, so 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 two fairly big, uh, fairly big marathons back to back in the same year is, yeah. is pretty pretty hectic. And um, I'm I'm really sorry about asking about the majors, but I, so I, I should know this, but I, I just don't. I just don't know um, what they are. So can you just can you just run through which they are? There's there's obviously Japan. Yep. So you got Tokyo. Oh, sorry, Tokyo. Um, yeah. Tokyo, New York, Chicago, Berlin, London, and Boston. Okay, so there's three in America. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. Interesting. I, 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 like, I, like I said, sorry, I should know that. No, <laughs> Didn't cool. do my research. That's <laughs> cool. Um, if we jump around the timeline a little bit, because um, yeah, I, I wasn't a little bit, I wasn't too sure on the exact dates and stuff, but I was very keen to to dive a bit forward and ask you about the Tokyo Marathon because yeah, Tokyo Tokyo has been somewhere I've personally would love to go to because I, I just love I'm fascinated with the culture mm. and the Far East I would uh you know Japan's obviously the home of Nintendo which is close to my heart um and yeah just just always wanted to go there but was that very different to running uh, uh marathons in in Europe um yes I would say yes I mean I think mainly because Tokyo as a place is the culture is just completely different to to our culture um so in, in that way, yes, it was very different. But in terms of the race itself, I would say it's comparable to a race anywhere else. It's the same. It's the same like um, setup, the same hardship, the same um, grind. Mm-hmm. But obviously, you're in Tokyo, and you're and there's beautiful uh, buildings that are, um, and temples and things like that. And also, even though Japanese people um, and I'm probably making huge stereotypical assumptions here, but Japanese people are quite, um, what's the word? They're very, um, uh, I want to say restrained or like, um, what's the word? Private, quiet. Yeah, uh, yeah that kind yeah. of, um, not quite as loud as say Western people. And whereas in the, when it comes to running, they go absolutely crazy. They, are hugely into their running so the whole city comes out it's jam-packed full of supporters Japanese people screaming supporting they've all got and they would all hold they would have like sticks to hold up their running club vests to ah, sort of yes. flags okay. for their running clubs and 
um and that was really cool and I I would say like maybe 75% 85 80% of the runners that were running were Japanese so it was very felt a very Japanese race um and what was the 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 coolest but weirdest thing was that the um the aid station so where like you would get like water um say gels maybe um a like orange slice or, or whatever they would have bread rolls and tomatoes really um, which was the most bizarre and I just I couldn't think of anything worse than chomping on a tomato and having the skin floating out or bread like how dry would that be but they they loved it and like it was it was a thing it was at every single aid station I was just like this is mad but um it was it's such a fantastic city it was so just crazy and and interesting um and exciting um and the race itself although I remember there being a lot of out and backs because it was dead in the middle of the city and there's only I guess so far you can go okay um which was hard like mentally it was tough because you think I'm running five miles down this long this long straight road with all these sort of skyscrapers next to me and then I'm just gonna have to run five miles all the way back but the crowd made up for it and it was it was just exciting to be in Tokyo I've I've Mm. never been that far east before um and it was just brilliant cool How, how long did you spend out there when you when you took the trip um, so I went with uh, do, 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 the like a running um, like holiday group. I can't remember what they call Sports Tours International, and they were fantastic. So there was okay. like um, probably about twenty of us together, and where we stayed in the hotel was like right next to the start. And we so I stayed probably for about five days. Although actually okay. I think I was I was supposed to only stay for four days, but our flight got delayed um, by a day, which was which was brilliant because um we got an extra day in Tokyo for free because so they would they gave us money for the hotel they gave us money for food and we went to Tokyo Disney for the day because there was nothing else to do which was brilliant and then BA compensated us for the delayed flight so it was like a freebie day it was brilliant oh lovely that's that's good that's good so so you you got to do a little bit of uh, kind of walking around and traveling and seeing seeing the place of it yeah yeah definitely um like it would be lovely to go back and do more and see different parts of japan but it was enough for the for that sort of for what i wanted at the time it it actually reminds me of what you were saying about the crowd kind of getting into the running and and like where you'd found before maybe um uh the 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 japanese people like maybe quite quiet and humble but then when it comes to the running they, they they really scream it reminds me of a book have you read the way of the runner no but oh have i have i that it was it was that the the same author who uh, wrote the running with the kenyans yes adrenan finn i yeah i don't know i haven't read that one okay i would highly recommend it especially because you've been out there because it's all about um uh japanese runners and their ekiden races ah yes yeah 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 it's, it's amazing it's 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 just incredible and so many interesting stats about how uh japanese runners you know are, you know kind of almost comparable in a way if if not even even highly more highly regarded than, than kenyan runners they're they're yeah. just an incredibly talented um you know, you know running and country and really get behind it don't they and it, they like to watch mm-hmm. it on television and it's it's like something of whereas it's a shame in this country that the only like race we get really excited about is the london marathon it's probably just because of the amount of the, the you know the charities that raise so much money which is great but it's the only thing we get that excited about yeah okay so other side of the world 
Um, I think we're going back now to 2016, so we're kind of almost jumping back a year or two. But you went over to uh, America to run one of one of the the three majors there. Um, and the one I wanted to ask you about was Boston. Obviously, you know, it's kind of almost infamously known now for the for the Boston bombing. Yeah. Um, but it, but a really popular marathon, one that everyone tries to get out to. And I think I've interviewed a few guests who have gone and done that, including yeah. Tony Conway. I don't know if you know Tony Conway. No. No, from Portsmouth Joggers. So so I think he's been out there once or twice he said i can't remember now um so you this is the one you went over with with your mum that you mentioned earlier yeah 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 was that did you get to spend a, a, a few more days over there was it a, a bit more of a holiday or again just just for the race pretty much so i think we we spent about um, three days in boston and maybe three or four days and then we traveled down to um cape cod and spent some time down there afterwards um, so we got like just over a week, I guess, in America in total. Nice. Okay. That was lovely. Um, but it, I remember it was, um, it was a hard marathon. I remember I struggled. Um, so it was, it was a really warm day. And I remember I was, I had this to try and stop myself from running too fast. I, I sort of printed out all my paces that I'd wanted to hit Mm -hmm. and I remember I started running and I wasn't hitting any of them and it just felt really demoralizing to just keep looking at this piece of paper and I remember it sort of it flew out of my hand and I thought oh "Oh, no no, I lost it and then I thought you know that's probably better actually I just need to just focus on running but I remember I I got to about six miles and went I'm done this is too hard I'm I'm hot I'm tired I'm really demoralized but the only thing that kept me running was the fact that because it was a point to point, I had no idea where I would go if I stopped. Okay. I was like, oh, this is going to be really awkward. I'll have to ask someone to help and try to get, you know, the 20 miles back into Boston. How am I going to do this? So I thought, just keep running, just keep running. Just, you know, focus on trying to find a way of doing this. And then I remember a woman was um, handing out, because even when you got, I tried to drink water and the water was just warm because it was so hot. Oh no. Or this this girl handing out um like coconut water from this ice bucket and I grabbed one and it was a lifesaver. I remember drinking it going, This is phenomenal and it just perked me up. <laughs> and I remember holding that um coconut water for like ten miles, sipping it every now and again and the, it just turned the race around completely and I just thought just just enjoy yourself forget about time forget about everything just enjoy the coconut water enjoy looking around and just yeah it really massively helps whoever that girl was thank you oh that's that's brilliant and it's amazing how how a run can turn around like that you know exactly yeah keep going for a little while find something you know get rid of the times you're focusing on and and that's the great thing about marathon it's so long that so many different emotions can happen throughout it (laughs) yeah yeah that's it. it it is i mean it is the ultimate distance isn't it you're it's not long enough to be sprinting but it's long it's short enough to be running fast it's it's difficult it's a, it's a really yeah. really tough race and that's what it's known for but um you'd also been uh, nursing uh, nursing an injury hadn't you your, your hamstring your hamstring was a bit dodgy i think before the race yeah so i so which is funnily enough something i've it's reoccurred for me um a few times but i think it was funnily enough something i'd done in the gym like a deadlift or something and i'd slightly mm. pulled it and it was it was giving me a lot of grief. And the problem with Boston is very hilly as well. But luckily, the injury didn't rear its head during the, the race. I think afterwards I, I suffered a little bit. But um, but yeah, that sadly, that hamstring injury cropped up 
um last year and caused me a lot of issues but um I kind of found a way now it's I don't think it's ever going to fully go away but I found a way to manage it and sort of look after it I can feel the warning signs of it coming back so fingers crossed Mm, that's good I remember reading something in in that post about Boston that that I could kind of relate to, and I'm sure a lot of a lot of runners and listeners out there can can uh, relate to. And that's when you're you know, especially being in a in a place in a, in a new country with, you know, especially in America with accents, and you know, you kind of almost and <laughs> or and I I do kind of relate it to some kind of film set, you know, because you watch a lot yeah. of American movies, yeah. and then everyone looks really fit. And I think you remember you saying like you were looking around thinking, oh my goodness, I'm out of my comfort zone here. Um, yeah. Everyone looks really fast. And it, it kind of, it sounds like you didn't have like a great start to the race anyway. Just in- no, the, I think the, one of the problems, I say problems in quotes of Boston is that because you have to qualify to get in um, and the qualifying times are quite, um, quite, you know, they're tough, yeah. um, especially for the men, which is crazy. Um, it, there's a level of, um, like elitism I guess okay. and I remember I was at this the 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 starting bit where you're you're kind of at this school grounds and you you just have to wait around there um you know you've been driven in a school bus 26 miles outside of bus Boston and you're, and you're in this area and all you can do is just sit there and just wait and I just remember everyone looking super fit and mm. just like they knew exactly what they were going to do and I find that so when you go to maybe a race like London, you don't get that vibe because a lot of people, it's their first marathon, they're doing it for charity, they're not they're not really, you know, into running, but they want to do something, they want to tick it off their bucket list. No one knows if they're gonna do it. Whereas Boston, it was there was no doubt that they were going to do the marathon, it was how fast they were gonna do it. And that was a really intimidating experience, especially when I was there on my own and just like looking around. And I'm sure that that everyone was thinking exactly the same thing as me. Yeah. But but I was just like, oh, what have I got? You know, everyone looks super fit, super fast. And, you know, I feel really out of my comfort zone um, because I I rarely ever go into a marathon with a particular time in mind or think, oh, I'm going to smash my PB. For me, it's just I really want to have a good race, enjoy myself, see lots of sights. And if I get a good time, then that's cool. But it's it's never my first goal, whereas Boston, yeah. that's what it seemed like. <laughs> OK. Well, I'm really glad it kind of turned around for you because, yeah. like you said, it's, it's a big investment, isn't it? Especially doing going overseas and racing. I yeah. mean, a big trip like that costs a lot of money. It's a lot of time. Yeah. Um, and the worst thing you'd ever want to do is, is to come away without that finish. So because it's, you know, exactly. getting and back that, out there would be really hard. Exactly. And that's generally why I don't set myself goal times in a marathon, because the yeah. worst thing I could imagine is finishing a marathon and looking at my watch and feeling disappointed straight away. Mm. I never want to like, feel like that. I want to feel yes I've done the marathon oh what was my time oh that's pretty good or um yeah maybe I could have done faster but I still had a great time yeah yeah so so, so which was the one the big race that you finished with the the major which which was that, your last so that was Chicago last year okay okay and obviously it felt great to to cross the line did it and and oh, get that medal it was so good and what was what was quite sad is because I'd suffered a little bit last I say a little bit quite a lot last year from a hamstring issue and then a knee issue the week before going I genuinely had doubts that I'd be able to do it because okay. I so I'd suffered with this hamstring injury and I finally managed to get rid of it and I'd just about got enough time to to get an adequate amount of training in and then the week before I did the um the Bournemouth half marathon and I woke up on the Monday before we were flying out I think on the Thursday and my knee had swollen up 
Oh, and yeah. I, I had no idea why or where it come from. And suddenly my knee was painful to walk on. And I was I went into full panic mode. My physio managed to slot me in just before I went, which was great. And he just said, you know, do your best. There's nothing you can do right now. Take lots of, you know, um, ice it and ibuprofen and just see what you can do. And I remember we got to Chicago and we got to the Airbnb and I went out to the um, gas station and bought this massive block of massive like bag of ice sat there with this ice and I genuinely thought I can't do this this is and and I sat there and wondered is it worth it to potentially really injure my knee to try and finish just for this six star medal yeah I I don't do it this year I'll have to do it I'll have to come back next year and I tell you what I am so glad I did it last year because had I oh god I mean yeah virus like Chicago's not, not even on this year I'd have had to have waited till next year um but luckily um I so I was supposed to do the Chicago 5k the day before as well it was like a little uh, sort of plod beforehand but I thought sensibly don't even risk it Kyle did it and smashed himself to pieces and got a 5k PB so I was really proud of him oh, cool. sad that I wasn't running it but thought if I you know if I've got an, only a certain number of miles in my knee I need to save all of them for the, the marathon. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and I ran and I knew, you know, when you can when you're running and you know that something's not quite right. But if you just keep going at a certain pace, you'll kind of be OK. Yeah. Yeah. I know that feeling very well. <laughs> yeah. So that's and I kept I remember just saying to myself, like, keep don't go any faster than about 8.15 or 8.10. Just keep. And I think I kept consistently around 8.30, just kept plodding and bless Kyle he he kept sending me like whatsapp messages during the race to keep me going and that he saw me at different points and kept checking you okay do you need to stop da 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 and I just kept plodding didn't do any sort of heroic sprint finishes or anything because I knew that it was just on the edge and I managed it I'd say comfortably um but it was when I finished my knee was shot like then it was it was painful to walk on and it was a bit sad because I had three we finished the whole we we carried on looking around Chicago for a number of days and it was all right my knee wasn't too bad to walk on I could feel it wasn't right but Mm I planned to go to or I did go to Toronto flew to Toronto from Chicago to see some friends and we planned to park run Canada uh the the local Toronto one and I just I couldn't run it I tried to and it was so painful and I just had to walk it and it was it was sad, but I was just so grateful I could do and finish the Chicago Marathon and get my six star. But it was a lot of work afterwards to get my knee back up to to yeah. again. Yeah, like you say, not not ideal, but but one definitely worth having done yeah. considering what's happened this year. So that's, yeah, that's really great. Glad that's the decision I made. Yeah. Well, con- congratulations on those majors. <laughs> I, I think it's like it's such a big achievement and. You know, it's expensive. It takes a lot of time, but oh, yeah. I'm so glad I did it. And I, I'm just, yeah, it's one of my my best achievements. That's really good. Now, just to kind of finish off with on the on the topics I wanted to cover um briefly was park run because yeah. um obviously you know researching for this for this for this talk that we're having now the show I saw in your um, power of ten profile that that you kind of I can scroll down many pages of park runs <laughs> on your profile. <laughs> yeah. 
obviously I've, it's a big it's a big part of your life and you must be missing it right now so much but, yeah uh, it's so it's it is sad I completely understand why it's not happening and and that's fine it is really sad um I I just love it I love I I hate 5ks but park run I make an exception for I just love it I love everything about it I love um the people I love that you can go to any city in the UK and and do it um I'm one of those crazy people that um have done the alphabet challenge although technically I haven't because when um so I did all the different letters in park run and then mm-hmm. the final one Carl and me went to we flew to Berlin and then drove all the way to Zari in Poland and did the Zari Park Run, which was it was such a, a wonderful little holiday we did. Lovely. And then a few months later, they said that Zari didn't count as a Z because it was um, because of the the alphabet. It's it's not technically a Z. It's got a little dot above it or something. Okay. And so I so my alphabet challenge was then taken away from me. <laughs> oh, I would still keep it if I were you. I, I, I wouldn't care. <laughs> it's fine. Like in, in theory, we think that we, I've done it. So I'm OK. Yeah. And it just means that I need to go somewhere else. I think there's a there's a proper Z in Poland. There's one in New Zealand. There's one in South Africa. So at some point I will get my official Z. Um, but it's it's just a fun thing to do. It's to, to go around um, different places. We you know take a drive on a Saturday morning, end up somewhere do the park run and end up in the little cafe nearby and have breakfast usually a fry up um and it's great <laughs> lovely food again Yay. yeah um, always food always food yeah so, so you said you've done the alphabet challenge i was also going to ask have you done uh are, are you kind of in the club that does you know uh, doing 10 was it, i can't remember what the challenge is like 10 different park runs 20 different park runs have you yes. done 100 different or 50 or um have i done that? i can't remember now actually but i've definitely got the cow cow you know where you do a certain number and you you can get the um the tourist cowl thing yes um, okay like yep. um i don't remember how many that is but, yeah. yeah no i do you know i have because i haven't looked at my park run um thing in ages i can't remember what i've actually done but i i think i've done over 100 i can't remember okay. um I've, I've definitely done um i definitely got my 100 shirt i just don't know if i've done over 100 places different okay yeah. gotcha yeah yeah what, what's the furthest one away you've done then oh um probably probably the one in canada um yeah okay. that's probably the furthest yeah and it's the same exactly the same format you experienced there exactly the same kind of thing barcode yeah, yeah completely yeah yeah it's incredible how they keep the format exactly the same and uh, i know it's winning format that's the thing isn't it through 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 meticulous meticulous planning and uh and control uh i think that yeah, it's amazing because parkrun's got such a small team and um yeah. i've been fortunate enough to go to the parkrun uh conference a couple of years ago oh really oh god how interesting it was it was lovely it was great and just to hear um tom williams um oh, speak he's and he's a great guy isn't he he's lovely really really good and it, yeah you can you can kind of see why it works that way and i know like they've they've been pulled up by lots of um runners on this some of the decisions they've made and stuff but i can assure everyone out there that those decisions they make are done with like the yeah. most incredible planning and, and thought and also you got to remember it's it's a completely voluntary thing isn't it they they're not making lots of money mm. out of this um yeah I, I i just love everything about it i think it's it's great um yeah and um Tom Williams is a is a, a great guy. You must listen to Marathon Talk podcast. Right? I, I I have. I, I kind of go on and off with it a little bit, but yeah. um, at the moment I'm on and off. But uh, yeah, I will be picking up on some episodes again soon, hopefully. 
so yeah, yeah right yeah. but yeah park run is one of those things that if anyone is asking me oh i want to get into running what should i do um i'm always like go to a park run go to yeah. a park run. it's the most friendly welcoming place um that, that you can go to and it's it's just yeah it's the best it's what it's like everything good about running yeah couldn't couldn't agree more and actually do you know what? funny enough it's played it's played such an important part in well, kind of like played a little bit of a part in this podcast because obviously i've had i've had guests on from the area um and it's been a great kind of meeting place where people have oh, approached yeah. the guests and vice versa you know um and being able to share kind of similar experiences and stories and stuff so it's a shame that that's off at the moment but uh, i'm sure yeah. once it's back everyone will be like hello anna i've listened to your podcast <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> hopefully <laughs> so cool um so listen it's been it's been great chatting and i know we could have probably spoken about so many other races and that's mm-hmm. always the case um with all the guests but it's great to get a kind of feel about the type of running that you do and and your blog which i'm sure we'll we'll, we'll do a little link to before we finish but um just to end off with um what's what does the future hold to your running and, and what's left on your list to do what what goals have you got um i'm not really an, an like a, a numbers person in terms of times or anything like that if i get faster that's great if i don't i'm i'm not too bothered i'm really happy with the pbs i've got at the moment um i think it's more just i'd love to go to different places around the world and the uk and just run more marathons I, that sounds quite simplistic but it really is the case mm-hmm. um I, we were supposed to do the rotterdam marathon this year Unfortunately, ah, yeah. that that didn't happen but they've um pushed it till april next year so we hope to go there and do that okay. um one of my favorite ways to have a holiday is to have a marathon and then enjoy like a week afterwards of just exploring eating all the food and just yeah because the great thing about doing a marathon uh, on holiday is that you get to see so much of the place um, and yeah. have all the reasons why to eat all the food afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Eating all the food. and <laughs> Yeah. It's the best bit. Best bit. Brilliant. That's good. That's great. That's great. And, you know, yeah, that's a, that's a perfectly awesome uh, way to end, I think. Yeah. yeah. Just that you're going to continue to run, continue to run marathons and just enjoy them. And uh, yeah, okay. continue exploring. That's great. Now. Um, I don't know if you ever listened to this show before, but I always finish with um, what I call some recovery run questions. Okay. They're really quick fire, um, so you don't need to spend much time on them. I'll ask you a few and just answer them as honestly and as best as you can. Okay. So here we go. Uh, what are your current go-to trainers for training and racing? Uh, so I'm currently wearing Socony glides, I think. I've just changed from Nike Super Glides. I just can't find Nike Super Glides anywhere anymore. It's really sad. Okay. Cool. Oh, Lunar Glide, sorry, Lunar Glides. Lunar Glides, brilliant, okay. Uh, uh, this question's definitely for you, Anna. What is your perfect post-race meal? Oh, chicken wings. Buffalo chicken <laughs> with a blue cheese dip every oh. single time. I'm, 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 getting, I'm actually getting hungry after this podcast. I might, <laughs> I might actually go and eat some food. <laughs> um, you listen to um, other podcasts as well. Can you recommend uh, another one to the listeners? Um, oh, I listen to so many. So um uh, let me think i find like and completely non-running but really funny is the shag married and annoyed with christopher ramsey and rosie ramsey hilarious literally laugh out loud just a couple just talking about life basically ah brilliant i'll have to go and uh, check that out i'll add it to my list it's very rude but it's very funny (laughs) sounds good uh do you have a favorite route in or around the portsmouth area maybe one that you've found yet 
Um, so my favourite route currently is I run down to South Sea, run along the promenade, then I come up along basically the Portsmouth Coastal route, which is like next to the sea, and then along Farlington Marshes and back, and that's just all the, the good stuff in one run. Cool. Perfect. Uh, what's your best ever moment in a race? I know it's a hard one, sorry. Um, oh, see, dur- during a race, I'd have to say it was um, the New York Marathon. I remember... Um, I remember because I had my name on my top, just everyone screaming my name and you feel like a little mini celebrity for a moment and they're all screaming everyone's name, but it just means so much to you. And I remember running down those streets and being like, this was like a movie because you've seen it everywhere in different movies. And it was just, I felt fantastic. I was running super fast and I was just loving it. But I I guess um, one of the best running sort of related moments was getting my six star medal because that was just, just amazing. Perfect, perfect. Uh, do you have anyone uh, who's inspired you in your life to run or keep training, racing? Like any any kind of source of inspiration for for your running? Um, oh, probably probably a thousand people on Instagram that I follow and, and um, running blogs I read. Um, nothing I could pinpoint exactly, but just cool, amazing people doing amazing things all the time. That's good. So the whole running community, effectively. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Brilliant. Um, and then something I ask um, uh, all of my guests as well at the end, uh, which is maybe, like, you know, I know you've just moved to the area and stuff, but um, I guess this could relate to around Portsmouth as well. Um, is there anything you want to add um, about finally about the running community um, down south? Because I think it's really kind of close-knitted, um, full of amazing people and just very friendly. Um, but is there anything else you'd, you'd like to add about running down south? I Like you say, it's so welcoming, so friendly. Like I could go to any number of park runs along the coast and I'll see someone that I know either through social media or friend of a friend or whatever. And they, you could just chat, just stand and chat for ages. Um, and uh, there's nothing better than running next to the sea, in my opinion. I just love it. Awesome. Cool. Anna. Well, listen, I just wanted to say thanks again. Um, your time is precious. I know. Um, and it's very late, uh, but thanks for sharing your running story. Um, and again, I highly recommend people go off to your blog uh, and and have a read because it is really interesting. It's very, very honest. Um, and I'm going to continue to read it as well. So um, what, what is the address that people can uh, can find where, where they can find your website? OK, it's um, AnnaTheApple.com. <laughs> cool. And on Instagram and Twitter? Um, so I'm AnnaTheAppleBlog on Instagram. And I think I'm AnnaTheApple88 on Twitter. Awesome. Perfect. Great. So there you go. So somewhere mm-hmm. you can go and follow and keep track of uh, Anna's stories, <laughs> tales and race reports and food. Um, Anna, thank you so, so much again. It's really been fun chatting and uh, good luck with all the running. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been really good. Cool. Take care.